Welcome to Ballistic Radio. Join us as we discuss hard-won self-defense lessons, as well as the information you need to survive a violent encounter. Listen as armed professionals, industry experts, national champions, and gunfight survivors answer all your firearms and self-defense questions while exploring your rights and responsibilities as an armed citizen. Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Surefire, the professional's choice for suppressors and illumination tools. Surefire, America's beacon of freedom. And now, here's your host, John Johnston. Welcome to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Surefire, the professional's choice for suppressors and illumination tools. Surefire, America's beacon of freedom. I'm your host, John Johnson. Remember, you can always listen to past shows at BallisticRadio.com. Get the latest behind-the-scenes info, arguments, photos, videos, news, other things, pictures of, I, I don't, anyway, whatever. At Facebook.com slash BallisticRadio. Coasting with me. An empty chair because I have driven everyone that cares about me off and away from me. Just like always. Well, Joe's still here. That's right. See, it's cool when you talk in my headphones because then it's like a a voice in my head that I actually think might be there. But they can't hear what you're saying, so they just have to infer. Anyway. Hey, this segment brought to you by Lucky Gunner and Federal Premium Ammunition. Whether there is a firefight or you do, in fact, want to worry about that little guy, you need more ammo. And when it's time to restock, you can't beat Federal Premium Ammunition at LuckyGunner.com. With a shipping department that's always moving at 88 miles per hour, if I order a case of American Eagle from Lucky Gunner on a Thursday, it's at my doorstep ready to shoot before the weekend starts. Head to LuckyGunner.com today to check out their in-stock lineup of Federal Premium Ammunition. Remember, unless you're on fire or drowning or some other series of events that I have not considered, you can really never have too much ammo. So I'm super excited. Welcome to the uh, show, Mark Hanish. Mark, how's it going? It is going awesome, John. How the heck are you today? Oh, you know, I can't complain. I am living the dream, sir. Living the dream. For those that don't know, man, um, now, there's some people that are going to be like, wow, Mark's doing a, a, a show? That'll be cool. But for those that don't know who are you, um, who are you? And what do you do? And what have you done? And we'll go from there. All right. Um, well, I've done a couple things in this industry over the last uh, 20 years or so. It's uh, It's been a fun ride. I was one of the original founders of the Scottsdale Gun Club, so wasn't uh, too bad, you know, making, making my mark um, – Ah, no pun intended. Oh, no, come uh, on. That was intended. <laughs> Own it. <laughs> kind of, uh, you know, establishing the, the high-end shooting range uh, concept, which has now been, you know, copied many times over. You know, they say something about uh, uh, that being the highest form of flattery. Um, right. And so now you can find high-end shooting ranges all over the country. So uh, if you enjoy shooting at one of those and and – you know, participating in that, then uh, our original team at Scottsdale Gun Club can uh, just say you're welcome and uh, enjoy because it's a, it's a great way to enjoy the firearms industry and your freedom and get better at carrying a firearm and shooting and enjoying the sports. There you go. So did that for uh, quite some time, you know, well over a decade, and then uh, was fortunate enough to go to work for, at the time, was FNHUSA, which transitioned into FN America. Right. Um, was a great time at FN. Got to uh, be the, the national sales director there. 
and dabble in some product design and development. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Got to bring out the Military Collector Series for FN, the M4s, M16, and and if anybody loves their uh, M249 semi-auto, that was something that was a project that was near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um and that has been a uh, kind of neat to see those uh, out there. They're kind of like your children that you get to see, uh, get to see grow up and see other people enjoy. Right. Um, and then a couple years ago, uh, about two years ago now, went to uh, got the wonderful privilege to move over to Surefire and work for Doctor Matthews. And you know that has been a uh, just a heck of a cool ride um, to to be able to come in and and look at the illumination products and so forth and and really make some some good changes there and some you know answer the call for for what a lot of people are looking for in illumination um right. on the suppressor side we've got Barry Duke at Surefire who that's his baby and he's been rocking and rolling and that man needed no help yeah. so uh <laughs> yeah. he keeps making awesome stuff but we definitely had some uh some improvements to make on the light side well and so I met you, um, we, we did like very small stuff when you were at FN and then it was, uh, it was funny because you came over to Surefire and I'm like, Hey, I know Mark, this is going to be cool. <laughs> and it, and it turned out being super cool. Um, you know, for my part, it's been really interesting to see, uh, you know, some people have, have tried to ascribe credit, um, for some of the positive stuff that has happened my direction and I, I try and always let everybody know it's like I am I am such a very small cog and like an incredibly awesome team um you know and I I think that I think that gets lost a little bit I, I kind of wish George was here too just because we could uh we could talk about how awesome and amazing he is on the uh the engineering side but let me let me ask you this what's been um so you've been doing this a while and you did it at FN but like with Surefire in particular, is there, has there been anything that's been really kind of neat to see um, sort of from when you got there to now? Yeah. I mean, to, to put it in perspective, you know, back at the gun club and so forth, uh, you know, I was a Surefire fanatic. You know, right. I, I've got Surefires, you know, spanning the past 20 years. I've got a... a you know, a tub in my garage that has, you know, laser products, accessories and bulbs and parts and pieces, which is Surefire before Surefire was Surefire. Right. And, and so I've got a lot of history with the brand. Um, back at the gun club, you know, we were the first store to sell Surefire suppressors, uh, you know, to the public. So um, it was really neat to come into a company that you had so much history with. Right. Um, you know, I, I remember, you know, when I got there, one of the uh, gentlemen, you know, great group of people that worked there. And, you know, one of the other, the gentlemen on the sales team was like, hey, let's, let's go out. We'll introduce you to Barry and, you know, he can give you a suppressor demo. So you really know how these things work. And, and it's kind of fun to, to let him know, uh, well, hey, I, I've known Barry for 20 years. Uh, I'm a professional shooter and I've sh- shot with him and, and I actually personally own, you know, at least 10 surefire suppressors. And, you know, the company's in California. So that's a little, um, foreign to a lot of the folks that, that, that work there and so forth of, you know, ha- 
having suppressors yourself right? <laughs> and getting to use them and shoot them uh, all, all the time. So it was really neat to come in with that uh, background and then see kind of where the company was at, see some of the products, and it was time for a refresh on the illumination line. I mean, Surefire has always led the way. I mean, created lasers on guns and weapon lights on guns, and, you know, Surefire created the, the whole tactical illumination category. Right. I mean, before before Surefire, you had six lumen, you know, uh, drugstore and hardware store flashlights, and, right. and that was the pinnacle of what you could get. And... Um, you know, to, to create that with a tenfold improvement to a 65 lumen 6P was a, you know, a 10x improvement. And, and they've continued to do that, you know, over the last 39 years. Well, and it's, um, you know, I was going to say ahead. it's funny because I've got, um, I've got the first 6P that I ever still, I mean, it still works. Um, and I've got the first 6P that I ever, I think my dad gave it to me, you know, so that was, for me, at least, it was like super cool. I remember the first time I got to go out there, and I'm like, oh, "This is really kind of kind of odd right now," um, you know. But, so, <laughs> and heck, we used to think 65 lumens would melt your face off and blind you. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, it's all. Uh, it's funny how technology changes our perspective on what is <laughs> and is not acceptable. But you kind of mentioned it too uh, in passing. But you're uh, a pretty accomplished shooter as well, right? Um, you know, from time to time, I do all right on the range. Um, no, just, just kidding. Um, yeah, I've shot professionally for, gosh, it seems about 20 years now. Um, you know, started out in USPSA in, in practical pistol shooting and have, have traveled the country and, and outside of the country doing that. Mm-hmm. And been fortunate enough to represent a lot of wonderful companies over the years. And it is it has led a, a crazy life, um, traveling, shooting. You know, with with my former company with FN, we actually had our uh, our VP at the time, Ken Fow, really put the the dollars behind the three gun nation and the explosion of three gun, right? In uh, which you know drove the industry for about, you know, five or six years. I mean, all your mainstream companies were producing products and driving, um, you know, driving products to shoot competitively. And being a part of that is, has really been neat. Well, and so, I mean, you're like what, uh, ranked like, you're like a C-class shooter or something like that? What? <laughs> Uh, I started pistol shooting for USPSA, and I got my Grandmaster ranking pretty quickly, um, and then was fortunate enough to be on all six or so seasons of the uh, Three Gun Nation, you know, and, and held my pro card the whole time, nice. uh, which was the top top forty or so, um, forty forty eight uh, Three Gun shooters. So that that was that was pretty. Um, it was pretty good to do that, uh, you know, along the way. Well, so the reason why I bring it up, and when we get into, like, product design inside of the industry, and I, I haven't quite decided exactly what we're going to talk about yet, and I know this, this is probably incredibly frustrating to every guest that I have on because I'll always be like, hey, is there any prep I need to do? Or, you know, what are we going to talk about? And I'm like, um, I don't know. So, <laughs> but... 
Uh, yeah, hey, it doesn't let, bother me at all. Well, that's good. Hey, let's do this. we got to go to break. Right now we're talking with Mark Hannish. You're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Surefire, the professional choice for suppressors and illumination tools. Surefire, America's beacon of freedom. This segment brought to you by Wilson Combat. Wilson Combat, makers of the finest custom 1911s and scatterguns since 1977. A legacy of quality, innovation, and service. Learn more about their firearms and accessories, as well as the new EDC-X9, which offers discriminating shooters 1911 match-grade accuracy, superior ergonomics and concealability with modern service, pistol capacity, and reliability at www.wilsoncombat.com. Um, so before the break, Mark, we were I was I was getting you to say nice things about your ability to shoot, and I apologize for forcing you to do that. I got the feeling maybe you didn't want to, but the reason why I bring it up, um, so you're actually someone that kind of knows what they're doing with a gun and and some of the gun related products. And what I was curious about, you've been in the industry for a little while now, um, and this the. Any anything you say here, we'll say is the is the sole opinion of Mark Hanish, and you're not representing anyone else when when you say it. But do you think that the industry itself has done a good job about designing products um, with people that actually use the products, or does it depend on the company? It depends solely on the company. I mm-hmm. mean, you can you can, and it also depends upon the life cycle of the company. You know, so you can get some small companies that start off that grow because they're building a product that was conceived by and for, you know, shooters. Right. And then they can get absorbed into larger companies and then get thrown into engineering team. You know, that product line gets thrown into an engineering team. Sure. And, you know, somebody who's really good at engineering but not the practical application of that product. Um, so there's always a battle in product management in the companies and in the firearms business of, you know, hey, I want this product to do this as the sales guy, um, product management guy, and the engineer going, you know, who may have just been engineering, you know, washing machines, right. you know, in his previous, uh, uh, you know, career, not career, but his previous position. Right. And, you know, they know a hundred times more than the gun guy does about, not just, you know, putting it in CAD CAM, but in the manufacturing process and the materials and then this and then that and the other. And you, you've got to have a solid blend of those two things to get good, great products out. You can't do it with just a gun guy and you can't do it with just a mechanical engineer. Um, so you have to have a company that facilitates, you know, conversation between those, those two parts to get good things out of there. Well, and it seems like, too, that um, – so I've been involved uh, either publicly or uh, under NDA with a couple of different things, and it's always kind of interesting from my perspective. I, I'm not an engineer. I'm, I'm an idea guy at the, very, at the very most. And actually, really, the only thing that I, I would say that if I have a talent, it's, it's not that I know anything specifically myself. It's more of that I can convey information from multiple different sources uh, in a way that semi-makes sense. But – it, it's funny how, like, uh, in the past, you know, with whatever I, I've talked with engineering, and they're they're like, "Yeah, that would be awesome," but we can't do it because this, 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 and this. And it's like, I don't think a lot of people understand that it's not it's not as easy as saying, "Oh, okay, hey, we're going to do this," and then the, the engineers go, "Yeah, all right." There, there's a lot more involved into it, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. And, and one of the uh, the things we always used to get a let's just say it would be frustrating at Shot Show. 
um, you know, someone would come up to you and, hey, this this would be great um, if you could do this. You know, I, I'd like this gun. Hey, I want a Mark 23, an HK Mark 23. But if you could just make the grip a little smaller, that would be that would be great. I'd buy one. Yeah. And and you just want to tell the guy, you know, I mean, hey, if it's you and your thirty five thousand friends, mm-hmm. then okay, you know, now we can start talking about engineering costs and building molds and a production line and a marketing campaign and all the things that go behind that, not just, uh, um, hey, a custom gun for you. But but I don't want to pay full retail for it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> right. Give me a deal on there. So, um, yeah, it's, it's one of the frustrating things to, to, you know, yes, all things are possible for one but all things are not possible for a production line and right. all things are not possible as a viable product to bring to market, you know, that can it be done? Yes, but it can only be done at such a cost that no one's willing to pay that. Well, so those are some of the hard questions that you got to answer. It's, it's kind of like for me, I've always said if I, um, if I hit the Powerball, and I, not like one of the little ones, like one of the big ones, we'd totally have polymer HKP 7M13s. It'd be dumb, and I'd be the only one that bought them. But you know, I'd I'd buy ten thousand of them because I want one really bad. But you know, it, it's not. I don't think HK is ever going to do that because it wouldn't make sense for them to do that. Um, I guess the other thing too is that the flip side of that is sometimes products get developed and sold in large quantities to private groups, and then like, well, we've got the ability to produce this. We might as well make a couple and sell them on the open market. And then people look at it and go, why did they make this? And it's like, because somebody bought a lot of them, right? Yes, that um, that happens with us uh, quite often. <clears throat> you know, being the, you know, real super tough military grade, you know, the, the military choice and solution for a lot of not only our government, but allied governments around the world. You know, well, there's things in our catalog that, that a U.S. consumer comes to us and say, you know, why Why do you have that? Or why did you build that? Man, it would have really been better if you would have built my idea, because my idea is the greatest ever. Um, and you just want to tell them, well, you know, the country of X or the U.S. government or somebody else wanted 25,000 of those. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it fills a specific need that you may not have, but somebody does. And they wanted the very best to fill that role. So we built it for them. Right. And, uh, you know, and Dr. Matthews has always, um, you know, put the U S military first and, and military and law enforcement folks of, you know, these are tools that they need to get the job done, whether it's protecting our country and our freedoms or, you know, just surviving the, the gunfight to get home to their family. Right. Um, you know, he has, you know, been the quintessential spare no expense, build the best no matter what. And, you know, and we as a company have done that to where there's products that we have made that answer to call that, you know what, there wasn't 25,000 people that needed to buy one, but there were a hundred guys that were going to a bad place that needed this particular thing that we have made just for them and not looked for, you know, try and commercialize it or to do anything else to um, to do it. Just Dr. Matthews will do the right thing for those people, no matter what it costs. Well, and it's it's got to be, um, you know, my my interactions with Dr. Matthews have been very few and far between. But I've I've been incredibly impressed each time that I've um, 
you know, that I've gotten that opportunity, but it's got to be really nice to have put the company in a position to where they're able to do that. Um, so let me, let me ask you this is, is there anything as far as trends that you have noticed inside of the industry at large, like from, I don't, I don't know from when you got started to now that, that you think is sort of interesting to see or not interesting to see, or like, you're like, man, I wish that would change. Or I wish there was more of this curious as, as far as your observations. Um, one thing that's been interesting to see is the kind of the usability of the products and a lot of that having come from the competition side and the tactical side of the world, you know, the, the applications, um, people embracing that and find, finally seeing kind of that, that fight go away. I mean, when I got into the industry, the only place to where, you know, competition had touched so far was the design of handguns. I mean, you had hip-six shooting, driving handgun development and improving handguns and techniques and shooting techniques. And then when 3-Gun came along, you know, before that you had, you know, AR-15s where there was six models of AR-15s. There wasn't a lot of choice. There wasn't a lot of options. And nothing was really optimized to be efficient and effective with them. And with the advent of three gun and competition shooting, the learning curve and the drive to build better rifles and, and better equipment and better gear, um, you know, really it got fast tracked and, you know, the competition world really, um, is great at doing that. It's just like, you know, uh, car racing, you know, right. analog brakes and all these high-tech things that, you know, is in everybody's car and is in, you know, works down to a mommy van, you know, came out of NASCAR and, and, and drag racing and so forth. And it's the same thing here. Everything that comes out, not everything, but the, the majority of improvements and so forth uh, on everybody's, you know, defensive guns and, and guns at the range and military guns, um, you know, it was hard. You're hard pressed to pick out the difference between a you know a three gun rifle and you know a high end guy going overseas because those tools and um, you know optics and techniques and rails and all that stuff was proven on the competition side as to what worked. Right. You know, because the the mission's the same as far as engaging targets and hitting them you know quickly and and accurately. It's just the application of that tool into different arenas. And there's some modifications that need to be made, but it's been really neat to see that, that growth at, at huge, you know, breakneck speed over the last, you know, bunch of years right. let uh, me, of just let, equipment getting better. Yeah, let me, let me interrupt there because we've got to go to break. Right now we're talking with Mark Hannish. You're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Surefire, the professional choice for suppressors and illumination tools. Surefire, America's beacon of freedom. This segment also brought to you by Surefire. Know your target and what is beyond it. But how can you really know your target? By shining a really bright light at it, and that's where Surefire comes in. From the 1200 lumen EDCL 2T handheld or 500 lumen EDCL 1T handheld to the 1000 lumen XH30 or the brand new upgraded with 1000 lumens X300s. 
They fit in all your old holsters, folks. No reason not to go upgrade. Surefire can make sure you never have to yell Aziz light ever again. Surefire, the professional's choice for suppressors and illumination tools. And speaking of Surefire, we're talking with Mark Hanish. And before the break, you were you were saying it's kind of interesting to see the development, um, I guess, or the influence of the tactical world on everything. Uh, and maybe the acknowledgement of competition inside of that world and sort of how they started to intermingle? Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's something that in the in the very beginning you had people go, oh, well, that's not tactical, that's competition, that's, the, you know, and then finally now I think you've got a, um, a good compromise there of, you know, this is right or this is better. And, and and both sides always looking for what's better and being willing to test it out and try it to see what actually works better rather than hanging on to, um, you know, old belief systems. So it's just kind of neat to see uh, see everybody evolving for better tools. Well, and <clears throat> it's kind of funny that you mentioned it, but like the AR-15s in particular, I don't, I don't think a lot of dudes my age or younger really understand, uh, especially when the assault weapon ban was still a thing, like how hard it was to, or I mean, not even how hard it was, but just how few of options there were for stuff like that, you know? Oh yeah. During, you know, obviously we had a gun store back during the assault weapons ban and you looked at the wall and you had, you know, a Colt rifle or two, and then, you know, some Bushmasters and some DPMSs, but they were all the same, you know, there was six models, basically, that you could get. And, and I'm using that number, but there was a handful. And then now you walk into a store, and there are not only 300 companies that are doing doing ARs, but one of them has uh, a dozen models. Yeah. That's down a bit from the close to 400 there were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for now. I think I think that'll normalize a little bit. And um, let me ask you this. Do you think that the industry in general has changed with the um, – so we had, we had eight years coming off of an assault weapon ban. Um, no, we had four years coming off of an assault weapon ban. Yeah, and then eight years of – wow, these are going to get taken from us and everyone's sort of panicking. And now it seems like the industry is very up in the air. Do you think that that's ever going to normalize or not or is or isn't? Or what are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's normalizing right now. Um, you know, companies are being rewarded for putting out good products that are well thought out and serve a need to the customer. Um, during kind of the, the panic years, you could put anything together, and people just bought it. So it didn't force companies to be um, be efficient and answer the you know real need of the customer. They could just make stuff, and that's how you got to you know three hundred plus companies making AR fifteen rifles. Right. Um, if you if you could build it, somebody was going to buy it. So you didn't have to be good; you just had to be there. Yeah. Um, so now, you know, people talk about. Uh, Oh my gosh, we're not selling as much. You know, sales are still up. You know, the market's still doing great. If you look back, um, you know, we're selling a lot more of things than we were years ago. It's just, you know, we were doing 110 uh, for for quite some time. So when you slow down to, you know, 85 miles an hour, you're still speeding. You're mm-hmm. still you're still making time and, and going. It just doesn't seem quite as fast. And so you will see, you know, companies drop out, and, and that. 
it does disrupt the market. We know an AR company drops out and then their products or they're trying to trying to get cash flow and their product is now, you know, 400 bucks. Right. You know, it's the, the cost of building it. Well, that that takes away from the good companies that are making a product and making a profit at doing it. And, you know, you hope that it takes a little while to get the consumer through that because then they look at an AR for 400 bucks and go, well, if they can sell it for 400 bucks, Mr. Uh, you know, quality company, Colt, FN, HK, LMT, Daniel Defense, why can't you sell it for 400 bucks? You right. know, and, and you can't explain to them, well, we actually make a, a quality product that people are willing to pay for and, and it costs more than that. Right. You know, it, it, these things aren't all the same price. You, you, you pay for quality and you get what you pay for. Um, if you could, uh, let me ask you this. If you could wave a magic wand, and just make a thing happen as far as industry related or not. I mean, if you want to really take this into the weeds, you can, you can throw something crazy at me and I guess we'll go there. But, uh, what, what would you do if, um, if you could suspend the laws of reality and, and, and just make a, make a thing happen? What, what, where would you go with that? I mean, huh? Laws of reality, I would talk about Washington, D.C., because that's it's kind of crazy there. And <laughs> Oh, politics, you know, right? So that's where you're going to go with this. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, I, and I will keep it specifically to the firearms realm. You know, we have some asinine laws, you know, yeah. in the, that pertain to firearms, you know, written many years ago and or by people that were, uh, you know, had ulterior motives and, and there's unintended consequences to all of these. So I guess my magic wand, I would like to clean some of that up, you know, things, um, things that don't make sense, you know, things of like, you know, not having national reciprocity mm-hmm. being, you know, bringing that freedom and that, uh, that level of safety to folks that are, you know, in areas that their rights aren't respected and doing things along the line of the, the national firearms act of, of, you know, suppressors are, and so silencers are a wonderful tool that should be, you know, used all across the country. They should be able to be purchased and, um, you know, without the, the hassles and the burdens that they have now, you know, so, so getting rid of those restrictions, um, the same thing with the machine guns, you know, if you if you really take a look at it, the military is doing better because of all the development after the assault weapons ban. You know, right. when we were talking earlier about you know you and your twenty five thousand friends, well, if you look at it from a company perspective, you know, once you had, had choked out the assault weapons you know ban, you know people couldn't make rifles and make other things to try, so the military wasn't going to get anything better. And it's the same thing with the machine guns. You know, there's no reason for private industry to to really work on these or build them or do something or create or innovate because there's no, unless you get the Uncle Sam paycheck, there's no financial reason to do it. So you will forever limit small arms development to a handful of companies that are big enough and that already do it. Right. You know, people go, why why do only guns come from, you know, FN and HK and, and, and SIG? Well, they're the only ones that have, you know, government contracts and, and are the size to do that. It, it, you can't come up, you're not going to have the, the Ronnie Barrett's of the world anymore that can build, 
you know, a, a 50 cal rifle in their garage and then sell it to the government because under the new, you know, processes and systems and so forth, there's no one else to sell a, a new machine gun to other than the government. Right. So I'd, I'd like to give you that so you could see the design flourish and you could see improvements in products and you could see, just see where people could take the, the next level of firearms. Well, that would be super interesting too. I'm curious because I had, um, somebody asked me not too long ago, like what was in the last 50 years, like what was the biggest development, um, you know, for, for our industry or whatever, what was the biggest technological, uh, leaps forward? Um, and you know, what I, what I said was magazines at work. Cause I don't, I don't think people understand, uh, like that's a pretty recent development, right? Um, Absolutely. You know, and then the other one would actually be the incorporation of LED technology into lights. So, like, it's kind of like, hmm, one or the other, you know, like both of those are pretty big. And I don't think people understand, like, how big of a deal those are. Um, how about uh, how about Surefire? I don't know if you want to talk about this or not, but is there anything? Well, <laughs> I know there's plenty of things that are coming from Surefire, but I'll let you decide as far as what is coming from Surefire that you'd like to talk about. We got about a minute, so if you want to think about that. Uh, and we'll get into that in the next segment if you're okay with that. I don't. Yeah, absolutely. And see, this way too, we can tease people with like a commercial break, and they'll be like, "Ooh, is, are they going to say something super cool? I mean, did they finally come up with the lightsaber or not? I mean, are <laughs> we talking a light light with recoil? Yeah, you know that that that'd be next. But uh, all right, hold that thought. We're talking with Mark Hannish. You're listening to Ballistic Radio. <laughs> Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Surefire, the professional's choice for suppressors and illumination tools. Surefire America's beacon of freedom. This segment brought to you by BigTexOutdoors.com. BigTexOutdoors.com is the best place for you to find all your everyday carry needs at the absolute best prices. Maybe you need all the lumens from Surefire at the lowest price? No problem. Spend too much time alone in your room and now you need an RMR on your pistol? BigTexOutdoors.com has those. Glock accessories? Yes! Fast, cheap shipping, 100% hassle-free returns, all that and more. And best of all, BigTexOutdoors.com has Ike. He's a good man and thorough. I like Ike. Everybody likes Ike. And you'll like Ike, too. Visit BigTexOutdoors.com today and find out what happens when every customer is a friend, not just an order. So we're talking with Mark Hanish. And before the break, we maybe kind of said that we might talk about new Surefire stuff. Um... And there's a lot of new Surefire stuff, but I don't know how much of it is ready to be spoken of quite yet. Is there anything that you would like to talk about? Um, sure. Well, I mean, what's been really neat over the past year, you know, starting just before SHOT Show last year. So about this time, you know, we went through and were revamped the handheld line and we've been working on the weapon light line, you know, all year with stuff that customers had asked for and things that, you know, you know, you and I got to work on, of, you know, getting our switching back to, you know, we are a company that makes fighting lights. You know, we make lights for people that carry a gun. I mean, if you're going, uh, you know, need one in the, the, the sock drawer for whenever and your life doesn't depend upon it, you know, many things will work for you. But when you're carrying a gun and your life can literally come down to what you can see and can't see, you know, that's the reason people choose Surefire. Right. And we had some lights that, uh, you know, weren't optimal for that situation. You know, we had high and low and things that were 
were task-oriented products that we didn't make it clear to the consumer, you know, here's a light for carrying a gun and here's a light to have, you know, an awesome light in your vehicle with you to where it's not the emergency light of I've got to shoot, you know, see and shoot, but it's, you know, I've, I've got to fix my tire and, and do all sorts of other things so you can have a, you know, super durable, rugged product in there that's always going to work, you know, when you may not need it for five years, but when you grab it, it's going to work. Right. So it, it was really neat to go through and uh, sort those out for the customer and really, you know, here are carry lights and here are task lights. And, and along the way, not just improving the switching on them so that they're more uh, application-specific, but increasing the lumen output. So, you know, as LEDs are, are improving and this, this uh, you know, electrical world keeps getting better faster, you know, it, it's something that we got to go through and improve the product line. Um, so handhelds got upgraded. We've been upgrading the weapon light. So now you've got, you know, X300s with a 1,000 lumens, and it's just a big, beautiful, bright light on there. And it's really impressive with just how much more you can see with, with that much more light. Well, and, and thank you for those, Mark. I know that you have made quite a few people happy uh, with the 1,000 lumen U-boat, so... Um, I, I think I speak for everyone when I say, Hey, good job. You know, <laughs> well, like you, you mentioned earlier, I mean, it really is as much as I'd like to take credit for it, you know, it really was a, uh, a whole team of people, you know, from the electrical engineers and mechanical engineers, you know, you mentioned George Serengelis earlier, um, kind of the, the, the guy inside, you know, in the product that, that, you know, has been there forever and knows everything in every Surefire product inside and out. And, you know, without somebody like him, you know, these things are just darn near impossible to pull together. So it really was great. You know, you were out at the office and, you know, we had 15 people in a room to, with all their individual expertise to make this stuff happen. So as much as you'd like to say, hey, you know, make it and it shall be done. No, it it, it really takes a whole lot more than that. Well, and I, I don't, I really don't think people understand like, um, (laughs) yeah, the, those meetings were super fun. And it's actually some of the the most enjoyable work that I've ever gotten to do was being part of that. But like people really don't get, I don't think like the, um, the scope involved and stuff like that. Um, do you, do you, I, I was going to say, do you want to talk about the stiletto at all? I know that we're going to have those at some point uh, soon-ish, um, and I've been playing with one. I don't know if you want to bring it up or not. Or I can pretend like I didn't say anything, and we can move right on. No, I think the stiletto is a a wonderful product that, you know, we've got a, a huge demand for. People, you know, are looking for that. It is great as a flat pocket light. Yeah. I mean, I've been carrying it for, for quite some time now. Me too. You know, it, it's it's super convenient to have in your pocket. Um, you've got activation in, in two different places. So on the on the side of it, you've got kind of more of a admin light to where you can go low, medium, high, or high, medium, low. And then on the back, you've got your typical tactical switch to where, you know, you can grip it like you would a 6P or any of the others and, you know, and activate it with your thumb. Now, we do have a mode switch on there so you can program the light to like i said to go low medium high or high medium low right but you can also program the tactical switch on the rear of it to where you can have it to where it's momentary to where when you press the button the light is on when you release the button the light is off um so you can run it like our old dead man switches yep. and <clears throat> you could also have it as a, a clicky on and off if you would like so it's it's really simple to program 
and it's very deliberate. So I know some, some people don't like programmable lights because, you know, hey, I was just using the light and I got into program mode and... Yeah, that's not going to happen. It, it, it can't happen this way. I mean, there's a whole separate switch that you've got to press and hold and do. Um, not complicated, but definitely deliberate. Right. And you can have it to where it's so that operates like a clicky. So you can push it once and it stays on and then push it again and it turns off. And we've also incorporated strobe into this one as well. So that while it's in the, the tactical mode to where it's, you know, push and, and release, so hold for on, if you click it three times or push it three times, you know, or more and hold on to it, um, hold it in, it goes into strobe mode. So it's it's really very intuitive. So if I want this to strobe, I just start kind of manually strobing it, and then it takes over right away. Yeah, it, it's actually super cool to see that. Um um, so the, the three and then hold, it, it's a very, I know Paul Gomez when he was still alive was, was calling for that. Um, and I can't remember if I brought it up to George or not at one of the meetings, but it, it's cool to see Gomez, like he's not alive to see it, but Gomez finally has the, the strobe activation that he asked for, um, <laughs> which is kind of super cool. Um, that light, I, I dig that light a lot, man. Uh, and, you know, so some people know I was pretty involved in the EDCL 2 and 1, uh, and those are still amazing lights, and I, I love them to death. But, like, I've been um, playing with the Stiletto now for a little while, and I I am much more likely to just carry it uh, than almost anything else just because it's so darn easy to carry, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is kind of neat. Um you know, we got a couple minutes left. Is, is there anything that you'd like to leave people with or, uh, uh, you know, want to let people know or not? Um, I would say, you know, stay tuned here. We've got, got a few uh, other things coming real fast. Uh, you know, at SHOT Show, we showed the, the XH55, mm-hmm. which is the, uh, you know, the new light with, uh, with green laser. And with that laser being mounted above the light, it gets it really closer to the bore. Um, helps a lot on your, you know, point of aim, point of impact. You know, when you're zeroing a laser for a handgun, it's one of those things you're like, hey, I'm way under at five yards, I'm dead on at 10, and, and at 15, I'm above, and at 25, forget about it. Right. You know, um, so it's one of those things that getting that laser closer to the bore really makes a big difference. Um, that unit is, you know, just about ready to come out, Um you know, we, we hopefully take our time and get get things right. And, and, you know, and when they're prepared and they're, when they're ready for the customers, when you see them. So, you know, it's something that we've taken some heat for over the years. But uh, I'd much rather do that than, uh, than have tons and tons of recalls. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Well, hey, Mark, I, I super appreciate you taking time out of your morning. I know it is stupid early there, so thank you very much. Uh, I'll look forward to seeing you in about a month or so. But you have a good day, all right, man? Thanks, John. Have a great one. All right. Hey, guys, make sure you check out our website, BallisticRadio.com, like our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash BallisticRadio, and keep leaving those five-star review on iTunes. really helps us out. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, be safe. See you next week.